Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. We hope you enjoy this message. So here's the deal. We're, we're concluding a year. We're about to start a new year and also a new decade. And I know, because I know things, I know that for some folks probably with us today, this has been a very difficult year. You've had uh, some, some t- very tough challenges. And, uh, but I have good news for you today. Um, I just want to encourage you before I really get into my message today. Uh, the good news is this. You're still standing. You're still in church. You still got a hold of your faith in Jesus Christ, and, and Jesus still has a hold of you. You got to keep on keeping on, though, man. Just keep on putting one foot in front of the other, because here's the truth that I know. God is not done with your story yet. He's not done with your story yet. And sometimes, if you've been going through a difficult time, just listen to this. Sometimes the most difficult roads lead to the most beautiful places. So keep on walking, man, and keep on believing. In fact, it is my sincere belief that God really wants to do something amazing in your life in 2020. I believe that he has something good for you. And so as we close out the year, what I want to do is I want to give you a New Year's challenge. And I know this is the time of year that people get all fired up and, you know, make all these uh, commitments for the new year and they go on a diet for three days and, <laughs> or they join a gym that they go to twice. How many of you have ever done that? Just confess you're in church, you can't lie, you joined a gym and went twice. All right, me too. And I paid for it the whole year. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Because I was going to go. I kept, yeah, I was going to go, but didn't go. So I want to give you a real challenge today. And this is the kind of challenge I think that will help 2020 be your year of greatest impact. If you want to make a difference in 2020, if you want to have more influence in your life for God's kingdom, and you want to live a life bigger than you are in 2020, I believe it can happen if you accept this challenge. And the challenge is this, love people like Jesus. Just love people like Jesus. Jesus actually gave us this challenge as a command in John chapter 15, verse 12. He said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Now, how did he love us? Here's how. He lived a perfect life. He died as the perfect sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. We have his amazing grace, his forgiveness of sins in our lives. We get heaven someday. And in the meantime, we get every single need that we have met according to his riches in glory. We got everything. And he loved us with everything that he had. He didn't hold back in his love for us. And so he turns around to us now and he says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to love other people with the same kind of love that I have loved you. Now, what does that mean? I mean, we can't die on the cross for everybody's sins. That wouldn't make sense if if we tried. So how are we supposed to love each other as he loved us? Well, if you're taking notes today, I got just, just three words, just three words I'm gonna give you today that if you live out these three words, it's gonna help 2020 to be your year of greatest impact yet for the Lord, okay? So if you're taking notes, first word is this, see, see, okay? To love like Jesus loves, see people like Jesus. See people like Jesus. Now most of us are creatures of habit. And so we kind of get into a routine in our lives and, you know, like in our homes, there may be like a, a wall inside the door and we're moving a piece of furniture and we, we kind of 
you know, hit the wall and made a mark on the wall. And, and right when it happens, we're like, oh man, I need to fix that, I need to fix that. And we don't fix it the next day. We don't fix it the next day after that. We don't fix it. A week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by. Pretty soon, we, we don't even notice it anymore. Or there's a stain on the floor. There's a box just inside of the door in the garage. And the first time we see it, we think, wow, I need to do something about that. But then it just becomes sort of the background of our lives every day. There was a video that came out a few years ago, and perhaps you saw it. It made the rounds on the internet. It had a team of people wearing black shirts and a team of people wearing white shirts. Each team had a basketball. And at the beginning of the video it said, count how many times the team wearing white shirts passes the ball. And that was it. And then they started playing the video. Those two teams like crossed paths and went around each other and they're passing the ball. And I am counting how many times they're passing the ball. And I counted 12. And at the end of the video said, did you count 12? If so, you're correct. I'm like, yes, I got it. And then the question popped up that said, did you notice the guy in the gorilla suit on the video? I was like, there was not a guy in a gorilla suit. And sure enough, they played it over again. And this dude walks out from over on this side, walks out, gets into the middle of the frame of the video, pounds his chest like this, and walks off the other side. I'm like, that did not happen. So I went back to the first video because I thought they just added that for the second one. I went back to, and he was there. How many of you have seen this? You know what I'm talking about, okay? Those of you who have not seen it, I just ruined it for you. But it has over 22 million views on, uh, uh, on YouTube, and I think probably half of those are people rewinding, going back and looking at it again like me, but why didn't we see it? Most people didn't see it. Why didn't we see the guy in the gorilla suit? Because we were looking for something else, and unfortunately, in our own lives, we have that same issue when it comes to the people around us. Every single one of us have people in our lives who just sort of become part of the background of our lives and we don't even notice them anymore because we're too busy looking for something else. We're looking for things that are gonna benefit us only or things to meet our needs. And I just got the truth for you today. If we don't see them, we're not gonna be able to love them as Jesus has loved us. Lord, open our eyes to those folks. Luke chapter 19, verse 41, we read these words. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. So he saw the city, and he was moved with compassion for the people there, so much so that he wept over the city. Let me ask you a question now. How many of you believe that God has a plan for your life and that his plan is good? I got my hand up because I believe it 100%. Okay, I believe with all my heart. But here's the deal, too many of us are waiting on his plan to get good before we do what he wants us to do now. As in, we don't like where we are right now. Like I'm, I'm single right now and I just don't like being single. I, 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 I want a maid, I want to settle down and I just don't like where I am or I don't like my neighborhood that I live in or my apartment or I don't like my job that I'm in. I can't wait to get to something better and then when I move and then when I get to something better, then I'll do what it is that God wants me to do. But the truth is, if God has a plan for our life and his plan is good and he's working his plan in our lives right now, then we are at the exact point that he has us right now for a reason. Amen. Which means there are people that God has placed around us that are around us in our life that he wants to be around us in our life right now. 
And his plan for us, according to Jesus' own command, is that we love those people with the same love that he has for us. Not when I move, not when I get a better job, not when I finally settle down. This is a right now kind of command. Listen to me, if you wanna, if you wanna impact the world, we always talk about, man, we're gonna make an impact on the world, we're gonna do great things. If you wanna impact the world, guess where it starts? On your street, in your house, with your friends, in your workplace. It's gotta begin with you where God has you right now. now I'm gonna go out on a short limb today and guess that every single one of us in church right now, every single one of us has somebody in our lives that we are overlooking. There's somebody. There's the, the, you know, the store that we always go into, that same lady's always there. We're gonna check out line. Her, maybe the, the cleaning guy at work, maybe the neighbor that kind of keeps to themselves right now. I know that God has somebody in our lives right now that we've been overlooking. He has them in our lives on purpose because they need to know and understand the love of God. And God has you on a mission. But you can't love them until you see them. Once again, God, please open our eyes. Matthew chapter nine, verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He saw and he had compassion. Once again, God, just help us. I'm guilty of this too, so I'm praying for myself too. Lord, just open my eyes. Open our eyes so that we can see the people that you have around us right now that you want us to see, that need to know your love. Help us to see them with, the, with, the, with your eyes. See that there are people who are made in your image, who need your love, just like we needed your love once upon a time and still do at this moment. God, help us. Amen to that? So that's the first word, the word see. Second word I want you to jot down if you're taking notes is the word pray. Pray. To love people like Jesus loves people, you gotta pray for people like Jesus asked us to pray. We just read verse 36 in Matthew chapter nine, which told us that Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion. And then, so that's the first thing he did. He saw, and because he saw, he had compassion. And then immediately he starts talking about prayer. This is verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, if you're going to love people like Jesus loves people, you got to see people like Jesus sees, and then you got to start praying for them as he asks us to do. And I'm going to encourage you to do something this week. You didn't come to church to get homework, did you? But you're going to leave with homework today. The homework is this. I want you to take a prayer walk. If you live in an apartment complex, walk around your complex. If you live you know, in a neighborhood, walk down the street, walk around the block. But as you walk, every time you pass somebody's front door, just pray for the family or for the people that live in that home. And you don't have to, listen, listen. You don't have to, you don't have to pray out loud and, and yell like you're an Old Testament prophet. Because <laughs> then the police will show up and it kind of ruins your testimony. And you don't need to go knock on their door and say, listen, I don't know if you know this, but I'm out here praying for you because I think you're going to hell. And so I hope you hear the Lord today. No, just pray, just pray, just pray. If you believe that God is all powerful, and I do, I believe he's all powerful, and you believe that prayer is talking to an all powerful God, then you're going to believe that there's power in prayer. 
And so just pray, breathe a prayer for each and every home that you pass. You can do this at, at work as well. You can do this when you're stuck in traffic and you're like looking at the guy beside you, you know, in the car and he's on his phone or he's got his music up or the girl over here, whatever, and just pray for him. Pray for him, everybody whose face you see. Just utter a prayer for them that they would know God and that if they don't know God, that their hearts would be open to hearing about him. But just pray, pray, pray. Now, here's the amazing thing about the prayer that Jesus asked us to pray. We are the answer to the prayer that Jesus asked us to pray. So we're praying for God to do something, <laughs> and we are the answer to the prayer. Look at verse 38 again. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, I can remember, and this is a little bit embarrassing because I'm a pastor, but I can remember the day that I understood that we are the answer to the prayer that Jesus asked us to pray. Back, it was back when our kids were in camp, not my kids personally, but the kids from our church, and I went to work at the camp for a few days, and, and those of you who work at church camp, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. It's kind of a tough gig, and uh, unless you just absolutely love being around yelling, screaming kids, it's an awesome time if you like that. But. So I'm at camp, and I needed a break. Oh, pardon me, I needed to go get supplies. <laughs> and so it's Tuesday morning, and uh, I don't last long. So Tuesday morning, I get in the van. I'm going to drive to the next little town, which is about 25 minutes away. So camp, like I said, out in the middle of nowhere. And the next town is just a little tiny dot of a town. It's got a grocery store and a fast food place. And that's about it. So I'm going to drive there. And I start driving and I'm having a good time by myself in the van, just enjoying a little free time. And, and, and about 20 minutes into that drive, I passed a nursing home. It's on the left side of the road. I'm going this way. Here's the nursing home over here. And I looked and I saw that nursing home. And I thought to myself, I thought, wow, this nursing home is in the middle of nowhere. Who in the world is in that nursing home? And not only that, who in the world would come and visit folks out here in the middle of nowhere? This is amazing. They probably have very few visitors at this nursing home. So you know what I'm doing here. I saw and I started having compassion and I started praying. I said, God, Send someone. <laughs> and right as I'm praying, I'm like, oh, snap. You know, I, <laughs> here we go, here we go. But I didn't stop. I just kept going because I had to get to that little town to get supplies, you know. And so I went to that little town and I got my hamburger and french fries, which is my supplies, and did a couple of other things and, and I turned around to come back to the camp and I knew I was gonna pass that nursing home on the way back, I knew it. So I was already preparing my excuses as I got close to that nursing home. This time it's on the right hand side of the road so I'm looking straight ahead I know it's over here. I'm looking straight ahead, I'm thinking, I gotta get back. You know, I came here for these little kids, they need Jesus so bad and I didn't come here for the old people, you know, that's another trip, I came here for the younger people. So I'm just gonna keep on driving, I blew right past it. Got all the way back to the camp, 20 minutes later, pulled into the campgrounds right up to the cabin where I was staying, put the van in park, turned it off, and sat there. And started having a wrestling match with God, which I lost. 
How many of you know it's a good thing when, when you wrestle with God and you lose? I lost that day. And so I just leaned down, I turned the engine back on, put it in reverse, backed out of my parking place, drove 20 minutes back to that nursing home, drove in the driveway, parked the van, walked inside. There's a lady sitting right behind the kind of the front desk area and I just walked up to her and I just said, hey, listen, I was just passing by three times and, uh, <laughs> and I was just wondering if there might be somebody here that hasn't had a visitor in a while. I just felt like I should come and visit someone. Felt like that's what God wanted me to do. She goes, oh, fantastic. She wrote down a lady's name and room number on a post-it note and gave it to me and I walked the hallway and found that room and walked in and just this wonderful elderly lady. She had her Bible on her nightstand and I told her I was a pastor and I was working at the camp down the road a ways and she grabs her Bible and we started talking about the Lord and talking about the Bible and I just encouraged her best I could but she probably encouraged me more and, and then I prayed with her and, and feeling pretty good about myself now. Feeling pretty good. Walk out the door of her room to turn left to go out of the nursing home and out of the right side of my eyes I caught a glimpse of two guys at the end of the hallway. They were in wheelchairs. Down by the window at the end of the hallway, two guys sitting in wheelchairs kind of facing that window. One of them had a balloon that said happy birthday on it, like one of those foil balloons. And if you know anything about those foil balloons, you know they last for a while. This one looked like it had been around for a long time. You know what I mean? It was like half empty and kind of hanging a little bit in the air. And which led me to believe it wasn't the first birthday that the staff had used it for. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm doing what you're doing right now. I was like, oh man. I, I started having compassion. So I turned, I walked straight down the hallway and walked up to those two guys and I said, hey, listen, man, is it your birthday today? He said, it is. And I talked to him and got his name, had figured out how old he was and just trying to encourage him. And, and I'm trying to leave now. And I said, hey, they, they sang happy birthday to you at lunch today, didn't they? Wasn't that good? Did you have a good time? And he said, no, they didn't do that. I was like, oh. <laughs> if you know me, you know one thing about me, I can't sing. So I said, well, your family's coming though, and they will sing you happy birthday. He goes, no, family's not coming. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I just, I don't know if it was God or not, but I just heard one word in my head, sing. And so I stood there in the hallway in front of two old dudes in wheelchairs and I sang happy birthday at the top of my lungs, you know, hitting all the whatever you do when you're singing vibrato or whatever. I don't even know how to sing, but I cut loose, man, and came to a big finish and uh, got done and they both clapped their arthritic hands with no sound. You know what I'm talking about? It's like... And I encouraged him just a little bit more and gave him sort of a side hug and, and, and walked out of that nursing home that day. And I asked God to forgive me for the times in my life when I've passed up the opportunities that he has given me to see, to pray, and to love people with the love that he has given to me. I've been, I think, you know the story of the Good Samaritan and guy gets beat up, thrown in the ditch, Jesus is telling the story. Guy gets beat up, thrown in the ditch and people pass by. 
one of those people who passed by and didn't help was a priest. And I thought, how many times have I been like the priest who passed by on the other side of the road? Not, you know, I've got, I'm busy, I got important things to do, I'm a pastor. Gotta keep moving. How many times have I been like that? And, and I repented that day. I just want you to know something. I don't always get this right on a regular basis. I do better now than I used to. But I still don't always get it right. And sometimes I even hear the excuse in the back of my head. You can't do it for everyone. You can't do it for everyone. You can't do it for everyone. And that's a fact. You can't do it for everyone. But we shouldn't let the fact that we can't do it for everyone keep us from doing it for someone. And I can guarantee you something, in your life right now, I can guarantee you, God has someone that he wants you to open your eyes to so that you can see them and so that you can pray for them and so that just maybe, just maybe, God can use you to show that person his love. Third word. Third word is bring. To love people like Jesus loves people, you gotta bring them to Jesus. Now that verse that we just read, Jesus said, pray that God sends workers into the harvest field. Most of us aren't farmers, but I think we can get this. Harvesters don't just go into the fields. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the prayer Jesus prayed. Pray that God would send harvest workers into the harvest fields. But that's, that's not the, the, the end product here. What, what he really wants to have happen is for workers to go into the harvest field and do what harvesters do, which is bring in the harvest. Harvesters bring in the harvest. And this makes sense for those of us who've experienced the overwhelming, all-consuming, reckless love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should want other people to experience it as well. If you love someone, you're gonna want good things for them. If you love someone, if you've experienced something good, you're gonna want that person to experience it as well. My wife is a foodie. Do we have any foodies in the house today? Any foodies? Okay. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I am not a foodie. I don't care about food. I simply don't care about food. And, and, and I'm going to back that up. Uh, and I think it's because I can't hardly smell anything anyway, so I don't think food means anything to me because I don't, can't taste that much. But uh, when I was writing this sermon at this point, which may be why this is here in this sermon today, I'm sitting at the kitchen table at my house writing this sermon, and my wife says to me, we've got some cottage cheese in the refrigerator, it's gonna go bad if you don't eat it, and I said, just slide it down here, I'll eat it. So she gives it to me, and there's a spot in our refrigerator that if something is sitting there, it freezes solid, and it happened to be in that spot. So I open it up, the cottage cheese is frozen solid. So what do I do? I just get a spoon, I start jabbing at it, and I turn it into a cottage cheese snow cone. <laughs> See, that shows right there I don't care, and it was good. That's my relationship with food, I'm hungry, I put something in, I'm not hungry anymore, end of subject. <laughs> my wife likes her food to taste a certain way. We go places, she wants to go to the restaurant that all the locals go to, and 
where they have like some special dish that they make and I could care less. And it's funny, we've been married for over 30 years and she'll still say this to me after 30 years. She'll say, let's go out to eat tonight and tonight you choose. I'm like, Taco Bell. And And then all of a sudden she wants to choose again. And... But forever, she has done this. We go out to eat, and she gets her food, I get my food, I start to eat, she starts to eat, she's talking about her food, the spices, whatever, the flavor, and then she gets some of her food on a fork, and then it comes across the table toward my face. She wants me to try it. And this bewildered me for years and years, because I'm thinking, I ordered what I wanted, and you did too, and I'm gonna eat this, and you eat that, and I couldn't figure it out. Some of you are like, you're a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> Guilty, but I figured it out after many years that here's, here's the bottom line. She loves me, and when she experiences and tastes something good, she wants me to experience it as well. Now here's the deal, I may not know you, But I know this about you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the best thing that has ever happened to you in your life is that you've experienced the forgiveness, the grace, the love of Jesus Christ. And because you've tasted and seen that he is good, you should want other people to taste him as well. There's a great story in Luke chapter five about friends who were bringers. They were bringers, it kind of fits this point perfectly, so I just wanna read through it real quick. I'm going to begin in verse 17 of Luke chapter 5. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village in Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a a paralyzed man on a mat and they tried, they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. So you got guys who have a friend who's paralyzed because they love him because they love him. They know the best thing that could happen to their friend is if they get their friend in front of Jesus. Best thing that could happen to their friend is if they get him in front of Jesus. But when they try, they run into a problem. Verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So they get to the house. They can't get their friend in because there's so many people. They could have just, at that moment, they could have just said, well, we tried. We tried. We tried to get him. We we know that he needs to see Jesus. It would be the best thing that could ever happen to him. But we we tried. So let's just turn around. Let's go home. That didn't work. Let's go home. But they didn't say that. They said plan B. And one of them, one of them had the idea, let's climb up on the roof and let's tear a hole in the roof. I don't know which one it was, but he's a crazy man. I love him. He said, let's go up on the roof. Let's tear a hole. And I imagine they all gave high five. They said, let's do it. And they went up on the roof, they, they, they tore a hole through the roof, and they let, they let their friend ride down in front of Jesus. Now, when I read this story, I think, man, that would be great to have friends like that. That'd be great to have people in your life like that. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great to have people who, who loved you and not just loved you for what you could do for them? Wouldn't it be great to have people in your life who didn't just care for themselves, but they truly cared for you, and they would move heaven and earth to get you somewhere if you needed to get there? That'd be great to have friends like that, wouldn't it? Let me tell you something greater 
than having friends like that. Being a friend like that. And that, my friends, that, my friends, is what Jesus is calling us to do when he says, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to love other people the same way as I have loved you. Here's the deal. This is God's house. Jesus is here. He said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm right there in the middle of it. So Jesus is in the house today. Did you know that? Jesus is in the house today with us at Shepherd Church. And with everything we got, we should want other people to get here too so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. So that they can experience his love and forgiveness and new life the same as we have found in him. Look at verse 21. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this guy who speaks blasphemy? How can he, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Verse 26, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Imagine that these four friends had just made the decision to go to church that day without their buddy. Like, that would be too much trouble dragging him up there, man. Let's just go. Let's go see the service. Let's just go in and out. You know, we'll be there. And, and so they go, and it's too crowded. They sit by a window where they can hear Jesus. They listen to Jesus speak. The sermon's done. They look at each other and say, that was a fine sermon, fine. One of Jesus' best sermons, I think. Very touching, very touching, especially like that one illustration that he gave. Touch me in the heart. What are we going to eat? I don't know. How about Taco Bell? Let's go. <laughs> End of story. Well, I don't know how it would have ended. But I do know that it probably wouldn't have had verse 26 in, at the end of the story. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we've seen remarkable things today. If you want to have, like I, I know every, every day that you're at Shepherd Church is a good day. But if you want to like take it up about 42 notches, get somebody here with you that needs Jesus. Get somebody into church who needs Jesus. Let me tell you something. The day, like you, let's just say you start inviting somebody, you start, you start seeing people, you start praying for people, you start reaching out in Christ's love to them, and then you pop the question and you invite them to come to church, you tell them what service you go to and where you're gonna be seated or what door you'll meet them by. I'm just gonna tell you something, man. The day that you see your friend who needs Jesus show up at church, it's going to feel like your heart is going to explode in your chest. You're going to want to praise God and jump up and down for joy, but you'll try to keep it together. And then it only gets better the day that you see them make a decision for Christ. On that day, on that day, not only will they never be the same, but you will never be the same. Hey, you want 2020 to be your best year yet? Be a bringer, man. Be a bringer. Be a person who, who 
looks and who sees the people that God has placed in their lives. Be a person who, who prays for those folks and be open to being used by God when God opens your eyes to somebody and be a bringer. Take that bold step of inviting somebody to church. And I'm just gonna make you this guarantee, if you do that, 2020 will be a year that you never, ever forget. Won't you stand with me, please? All right, so here's the deal. This is it, man, for 2019. 2020 is about to start. Let me just press this for just a second, okay? Law of averages says there's somebody here today that has not made things right with Jesus Christ. And so this is your opportunity. If you've never accepted what Jesus has done for you on the cross of Calvary, today is the day. And what an awesome day this is because, because you can finish out 2019 and you can begin this new decade in good standing before Almighty God because your sins have been completely removed from your record. If that's you today and you need to make a decision for Christ, do it, do it, do it, do not hesitate today. Or if you need to recommit whatever it is that you need to do, please do it today. Would you bow with me please? God in heaven, help us to, help us to live with our eyes wide open, Lord so we can see the people that you in your plan have placed around us at this moment in time. I pray God that we would also be people of prayer who would pray for the folks that we see, just, just random folks that, that we're starting to see in our lives. It's that we would just pray and, and, and be open to being used by you to do something good, to share your love. And then, and then God help us to take that bold step of inviting people to come and meet you. And in doing so, Lord, make this the best year, the biggest year of impact for us yet. And also, Lord, I pray for that person who needs to take a step of faith today, who needs to walk into your family today, Lord. I pray that they would understand that this is their moment, their greatest opportunity, the day of salvation. Thank you, God, for meeting us here. Give us a blessed new year, Lord. I pray this in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all the people said, Thank you, Shepherd Church. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.